0: Galatians 6, verses 11 to 18 says this, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may be not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised so that, that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it for me to boast... Uh, "...except in the cross of of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Uh, For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause uh, cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus." The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for uh, this passage you've given us to look at. And Lord, we pray that uh, you'd be with us as uh, we walk through it. Lord, that you would be exalted in the preaching of your word, that you would be honored in this place. God, we speak of uh, your truth and your love uh, over the... Uh, the deception of religion, God, the freedom that can be found in Christ over uh, the truth that is found in the gospel. And we thank you for this time you've given us to spend in your word. We pray that uh, your spirit would be with us, encouraging us and strengthening us in the truths that you have here for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so, uh, you guys have any favorite bumper stickers? Favorite bumper sticker. <laughs> well, car a that's right, I had that. I had that one. I had that, had that one on my Jeep. My first car had that exact. Well, that <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think it said caution. It was a big red one, and it said, you know, this, the driver will be gone. Well, we've got we've got some uh, got some good uh, good bumper stickers for you here, real quick. Um, this one says. Honk if you think Concerto number one in D minor by Johannes Brahms blows away Johann Sebastian Bach's Broadenberg Concerto number six in B flat major. You know? What's that? Your mom would have that? All right. So that's a good one. Here we go. Here's the next one for you. Personally, I believe the back of my car is the best place to express my most deeply held beliefs. Right? This is so true. This is a great place to have a good conversation from the back of your car. <clears throat> proud parents of human children. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or this one, here we go. Will work for hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> I think this is like maybe a minivan. That's what it looks like to me. But all right, last one here. <clears throat> I break for tailgaters. eh exactly they've they 've got the proof uh, the proof is in the pudding there right so um, so the fact is that uh, we put stuff on our cars uh, and these these things are you know these are silly, obviously, but uh, they say something about us about who we are, about what we represent um, about about you know what we feel uh, we 're willing to put something here on. Uh, on our On our car, something of great value and said, "You know this is what I believe about such and such or maybe it wasn 't of great value maybe it was a beater and, and you just wanted to cover it with cover it with sayings instead um, you know i had I had stickers you know on on all my cars in high school uh, my second car I had a huge Jesus fish on the back window." Uh, and on the front windshield, it said across the top, "Real men love Jesus," and I was real proud of that. Uh, which, uh, which is was the wrong thing to be about it, but uh, but I, you know, I I wanted to communicate that. That was something that was important about me, about about what I stood for and who I was, and wanted to communicate it. And I thought those things were sweet. So uh, so I put them on my car to to represent something about who I am and what I stand for. Um, I, I don't know that we would be allowed to get that type of sticker for our cars right now. I don't think it would pass approval in the, in the household. But, uh, but I loved him back in high school. I thought it was great. Um, but the fact is we put marks on our cars, on our clothing, even on ourselves uh, to communicate something about us. And uh, the truth is a lot of times we, we put that on there and we say, you know, whatever it is. And we often talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk um, but a mark that we put on our bodies or, our, or on our cars or on our clothing, uh, they aren't neutral. They, they symbolize something. They mean something to us. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is, is the mark that is on our bodies. Go. Um, should have put a slide in there. <laughs> All right. We're going to go back to this for a minute. Um, we we're going to talk about the marks that are on our bodies. First, we're going to see this first truth that uh, marks are never neutral. When you put a mark on something, when you put some symbol on yourself, or uh, or, uh, or or you know on, on yourself or on your clothing or on your car or whatever it is, when you put it on there, it's not neutral. It has a meaning. It has. It's communicating some sort of value. Like right now, I've got the shirt. That says uh, It's got the Under Armour logo on it, right? Saying I got to protect this house, so I'm wearing my protect my house shirt. Um, and you know, so so these these markings have a meaning, and that's what we're gonna see through this. The markings aren't are never neutral. They actually have some some purpose and something to communicate throughout them. Uh, and the second thing we're going to see is this truth that there's only one mark that counts and that mark is is Jesus. And we'll see that in, in Paul's testimony as we go through this text. Um, so first we're going to just start out with verse 11 where, uh, where Paul states very plainly uh, that he is now the one writing this letter. Up until this point, as, as you guys may know, uh, Paul used what's called... Uh, an I'm I'm going to screw this word up, I always screwed up, Uh, amanuensis, I think I got that right, an amanuensis, which is basically a person who uh, is a scribe who writes down everything that you're trying to say uh, for the letter. So this is a typical process uh, that letter writers would use, have an amu, amu, M- and you, I can't even say it again. I said it once, and that's all I can do. I've, I've, I've completed my number of, of times to pronounce that word. Um, anyway, but, so now Paul takes over the pen from his scribe, and he starts writing this conclusion with his own hand, which was typical for him. Uh, usually he would sign the end of his letters, grace and peace uh, you know, from the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, be with you, or whatever. Uh, but here he actually takes a whole paragraph, Uh, that he's going to write in his own hand. He starts in verse 11 and communicates some very plain things to us about what he's been talking about to the Galatians. So he starts out verse 11 saying, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. What does he mean there? He basically is meaning, listen, what I'm saying to you is very very, very important, and i 've been saying it to you for five and a half chapters of uh, of of, uh, of galatians okay. so this whole most of this letter has been about this single point that i 'm going to drill home to you one more time there 's only one mark that matters, and that mark is jesus so uh, so the first thing we want to look at is uh, is that marks are never uh, are never neutral you know, whether it 's a logo on your clothes, I think if you 're in the sports world I've, you know, i work for or I work inside of a company that uh, is very involved in, in sports uh, planning and, and sports facilities and stuff. And, uh, and they're always, the guys there are always wearing polos like you would see in, in a lot of business environments, actually, polos with a logo on them, right? And so you got for them, it's like you got Athletes in Action. they got, they got names of different places that they, uh, that they have been a part of, and, and they've got their logo right here representing they've done something for this company or, or they, they're connected with it somehow, it represents an allegiance to, uh, to something. Uh, in sports, we see this all the time, the, the presence of symbols and logos to, to communicate something about a team. could be a logo that says, you know, we're the Lions, right? Detroit Lions, and, you know, we're going to roar all over the place and not actually accomplish anything in our, in our wait, okay. Um, <laughs> we're just going to roar. That's all we're going to do. Um, uh, and then you might see this also in NASCAR, right? Like, all kinds of logos. We're represented by... You know, such and such Ford of Dayton, Ohio. You know, whatever. Like every uh, possible advertising uh, thing is on there, uh, and their logos represent people that they are representing, right? So they're actually representing others in what they're accomplishing. Uh, And when I was thinking about this, uh, one of the things I thought about was tattoos, right? Like people get tattoos, and I think that's like the ultimate, uh, you know statement of, you know, I firmly believe in this. I believe in it so much that I'm going to put it completely permanent on my body where it cannot be removed, you know? And so there's like a commitment to say, okay, this is important to me, and I'm, it's so important to me that I'm going to use part of my body to communicate why it's important to me. So I was wondering, like, why do people get tattoos? Because I don't, I don't have a tattoo. I personally, I'm, I'm okay with people that have tattoos, but it's never something that I would do. I just wouldn't want to do that. Uh, but, uh, but so I was looking researching some about what are some reasons that people get tattoos? And so there are a few that I found, uh, the first is to identify yourself somehow to say, this is what I'm about. This is who I am. Uh, this represents what, what is most meaningful to me. So somehow to identify, uh, the things that are important to you in life. So that's one of the number one reasons people get tattoos is to communicate something about what the person actually values in life. Uh, Another thing that's pretty common to uh, to get a tattoo for is to honor a loved one. Uh, so you might put a cross or, or an in memory of, or, or just a name or something to honor an individual. So people get tattoos for that. I think it's a great reason. Um, a lot of people get tattoos just for style, like you know Birdman, right? You know, it's like sleeved up, you know, got him all over his neck. You know, it seems like it's just a style thing. Uh, there, I'm sure there's some meaning to every every one that he's got, but. Uh, but there's definitely a style component to, uh, to it now. Um, another reason people get tattoos is, is because of prisons and gangs. You know, it's very common for a tattoo to represent all sorts of things, that maybe the number of times you've been in prison uh, or potentially the number of people you might have killed. Um, and so there's representations of things you've done or accomplished in, uh, in, that, in your life of crime, really. Um, some, you know, some people get them for profit. You know, just like just like the NASCAR guys, they've got their their cars plastered with different uh, different advertisers. Some people actually, you know, you can actually sell your body to uh, to advertise for other people. Um, another reason that I thought I didn't realize or think of was that a lot of people get tattoos to cover up scar tissue. So you know, you get a surgery or something, you want to remember that or honor that somehow. Uh, you get you get a tattoo to, to show that. And I and from what I read, it was pretty common with actually breast cancer uh, survivors to get some sort of tattoo representing, you know, uh, the, the surgeries that they had or whatever. So, so there are a number of reasons to get a tattoo. But again, uh, a mark that you put on yourself or, or on the things that you own is never neutral. It has, it has a meaning or a purpose. You're doing it with an intention of communicating something. Even if you're doing it with the intention of communicating that you don't have an intention. It's still an intention, right? It's still just communicating what you value. Somehow, the actions that we, that we make and the marks that we make on ourselves communicate a meaning. And so that's true uh, throughout this text tonight. In verses 12 to 13, we see Paul again talking about this issue that he's talked about throughout Galatians. And that is uh, that uh, the circumcision group has come into Galatia and is preaching that instead of just needing faith in Christ... That you need faith in Christ plus circumcision, plus purity under the law. And so uh, so what we see throughout this is that uh, circumcision has a meaning. You know, the main point of Galatians is that false teachers have come among you saying you must be circumcised in order to be justified before God. That this is actually a, a practice that you must partake in in order to be justified. Uh, and Paul's response is is really plain. He says, circumcision represents fulfilling the law. He said that throughout Galatians. If you take on circumcision in this manner, you're saying that you're going to fulfill the law, that you are going to accomplish your salvation on your own, that you don't need Christ, that you are going to do it on your own. You're ignoring the death of Christ in uh, in in lieu of doing it on your own. And uh, the second thing he says is that Christ gave his life because we couldn't fulfill the law. We're righteous only because of our faith in him. And so two things has been communicating throughout Galatians. If you take on circumcision in this manner that they're asking you to take it on, you're taking on the law. You're saying Christ died for nothing, that you actually have to fulfill the law in order to be justified. And second, the, the plain truth that he's been communicating throughout Galatians is that our faith in Christ is what saves us, and that alone so circumcision has a, a plain meaning, just like, uh, just like tattoos, just like uh, logos, just like uh, bumper stickers. They have a meaning that they're communicating, and it's no different with circumcision. It's a, a, a religious ritual, but it represents more than the action itself. It's not, it's not neutral in its own right. It is, you know, it's, a, it's an act that is taken upon males, and, uh, and its meaning, though, is beyond just the act itself. Its meaning represents taking on the whole law to make us righteous. And that is something that Paul, you know, is plainly rejected uh, through through the preaching of the gospel. It's completely contrary to what the gospel tells us, that our faith in Christ is what brings righteousness to us. A, a second thing that we see that he s- says here in verses 12 to 13, I'm just going to read the passage again and then uh, share this with you. It says, uh, It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. So I was trying to summarize these two verses and this is what I think Paul is trying to say. These people that are preaching to you are comfort-seeking, prideful hypocrites. It's basically what he's saying. There's three statements here that he talks about. Uh, and the first is this, that they don't want to be persecuted for the cross of Christ. They've, maybe they've, they've, some of these have, have uh, 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 said that they placed their faith in Christ, and now they've turned back to the law as, as a means of uh, avoiding the persecution of the Jews. Because as you know from our, uh, our study of Paul and our study of Acts, the church is being persecuted throughout, uh, throughout the, the Mediterranean because of its stance of faith in Jesus alone. And a lot of that persecution is coming from uh, these Jewish groups. And so, and so these uh, groups that have come into Galatia have been preaching circumcision. They're avoiding persecution by aligning themselves with uh, Judaic belief uh, too much, right? They're rejecting the gospel in order to seek some comfort, so they're comfort-seeking in, the uh, in the first respect. Circumcision has allowed them to escape the persecution uh, from from the Jews. The fact is, we know that um, preaching the gospel is against the norms of our culture. It speaks against who we, uh, we like to be. We, you know, it, it speaks against uh, our flesh, our flesh cries out to accomplish things on its own. Our culture uh, is very much uh, into doing things by your own strength, pulling yourself up by your bootstrap, getting it done and, and the gospel speaks against that plainly and saying that there is nothing you can do to accomplish it on your own. Only righteousness in Christ. only righteousness, righteousness only comes by your faith in Christ, and wherever the gospel is being preached in an environment. Uh, where that's the case, it's going to be met with resistance. And we actually, you know, uh, we actually were praying for this earlier today, but, um, you know, the situation in, uh, in Iraq with ISIS right now is crazy. Um, and, you know, one of the things that's happening is that uh, Christians now in Iraq have been given these three options. I don't know if you heard, heard read this article or whatever, but they're, they're being given three options, and these options are convert to Islam, pay money, or be killed. Those are your three options. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the authority there now uh, is strongly becoming this group, and their uh, their uh, you know their options that they're giving to Iraqi Christians is uh, is you know convert to Islam, pay a fine of some sort, pay allegiance in in money, uh, or be put to death. And, you know, this is, uh, this is what our brothers and sisters around the world are actually facing as they proclaim the gospel. And this is exactly what the, the Galatians are having to decide between. The same situation is there for them as, as Paul's encouraging them to remain faithful to Christ. They're facing the same sort of persecution that, that it's so easy for us to just want comfort and seek comfort in this world. But if it's at the expense of our faith in Christ... We have to reject it. And so that's what Paul's encouraging them here is that, that these people that are preaching this to they're only seeking comfort because they don't want to be persecuted. The second thing that he speaks about them is that they're comfort-seeking and then that, that they're prideful. Um, here in verse, uh, what is it? Uh, verse 13 middle of ver- yeah, verse 13 here. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They want to gain followers for themselves as, as some sort of badge. I was thinking about like a Boy Scout getting those badges. You know those badges you get in Boy Scouts? Like you fill them up and you get all your whole arm covered with them, you know, over here. And you get these badges. That's what they wanted for these people. They wanted these uh, to bring on followers so that uh, that it would bo- boost up their pride. They wanted to wear these, uh, these converts as a badge. And finally, he, he calls them hip, plain out hypocrites. They don't even keep the law, but they're asking you to keep the law. He says, what they're doing and asking you to be circumcised is to, to keep the law. And he said, he, as he said, he's, it's not possible. You can't do it. You know, Paul is uniquely in a capacity to understand this because of his heritage and background. And uh, I'm going to skip past these stickers here real quick. Um, and here in, uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 to 7, he talks about this plainly, right? It says this, If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Paul knew that uh, keeping the law wasn 't something worth anything that it was nothing and here he 's saying that uh, that they don 't even keep the law they 're they're, they're, they're imposing it upon you so paul's you know, paul 's Judaic credentials are 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 plain he he is uh, of the utmost uh, in that regard, but he says that his accomplishments and his heritage. He, count them, he counts him as a loss, as nothing, compared to knowing Christ Jesus. Which leads us to the, the second main point of, of Galatians. The only mark that counts is Christ. In verse 14 it says this, But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The only boast we have is not in our accomplishments, not in our giftings, not in our, uh, our abilities or our blessings, it's only in the cross of Christ. The things we've been given, the gifts we've been given to use, they have been given for one purpose, to proclaim the glory of Jesus and what He's accomplished in our lives. Our only boast is in Jesus. Next, he says that the, he speaks about what the only thing that matters is, and that's in verse 15. he says this, "For neither circumcision." nor uh, counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. What matters most is not whether, uh, whether you are of Jewish background and, and, then, and because of that you happen to be circumcised, or whether you're of Greek background and because of that you weren't circumcised. Neither of those things matter. What matters is a new creation. Again, circumcision may carry some meaning of uh, holiness before God. And that is definitely a good thing to communicate that we need to be holy and pure before God. But if you're not holy and pure before God, it counts as nothing to you. So that's what Paul is communicating here. What matters is not that you have been circumcised or that you haven't been circumcised. What matters is that you have become a new creation. I want to share a couple verses here. First, from Ezekiel, this is what uh, Ezekiel says from the Lord. It says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God's desire, God's work that he wants to accomplish in our lives. Is not uh, more religion or more rules or more hoops or more tradition to to jump through? No, it's our, his desires to give us a new heart and a new spirit to renew us completely, to transform us, to make us into something beautiful, something new. Not to just take the old and patch it up with bumper stickers that talk about our beliefs, right? Second thing I want to share is this from Second Corinthians. Uh, Five sixteen to nineteen and, and here here verse seventeen it says from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, behold, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. what matters is is not that we uh we we Somehow accomplish good deeds, or we've become better people, or uh, that we're you know growing as uh, growing in love or whatever what matters is that we are a, a brand new creation that the old man has passed away, and that now a whole new person has emerged because of what Christ has done in our lives it's certainly good to uh to grow in self control and grow for grow in care for your neighbor and grow in those things, but if those things are happening without the, the new creation of Christ within you, you're doing them from the wrong motive and from the wrong purpose. So only a new creation matters in Christ. The, the mark that counts is a, is a new creation, not, not circumcision or uncircumcision, but a new creation. Beginning at verse 16, Paul uh, talks a little further about uh, what is uh, clear for those who follow Jesus in this manner he says and as for all who walk by this rule that is that, uh, that what counts is a transformation of our heart through the gospel of Jesus Christ what counts is the, the rule of Jesus is love for God and love for others over ourselves for those who follow that rule peace and mercy will be upon them What I think he's talking about here is, is two things, peace and mercy. <laughs> um, but more than that, I think the peace he's talking about is an eternal peace. We understand that it's, uh, our, our peace and our, our, uh, our safety in God's arms is not some temporary thing that we experience, but rather an eternal thing that, we've ha- that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. So despite the wind and waves and things around us, we don't have to be worried or afraid because God has given us an eternal peace in Christ Jesus. So those who walk by this rule, they first have peace, they second have mercy. They have an eternal peace and a present mercy. I think for those that have uh, come under transformational, you know, a, become a new creation in Christ and have been transformed into His image, we realize that a core component of that is that we extend mercy to those around us in our present circumstance. So we get eternal peace. We get present mercy. Present mercy to, to, to say to those that are hurting and broken among us, that there's hope for you. To, to recognize the blessings and, and things that we have, the giftings that we have, aren't for us to just sit back and consume for ourselves and build ourselves up, but rather for us to pour out upon those around us. An eternal peace and a present mercy rest upon those who realize that it's about a new creation in our hearts, that the old man has to pass away, that we have to be made into a new image, the new image of Christ, giving us eternal peace and present mercy. What Paul, the way Paul ends his argument here is basically a knockout punch uh, to. Uh, to the Judaizers and the false teachers that are uh, among the Galatians, he says this, And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Man, Paul has been hard with it in this. I mean, the way that he has attacked these false teachers in this last statement, really calling them out and saying, You are comfort-seeking, prideful hypocrites. That's what you are. And finally, in this last statement, to say that those who follow the rule of Christ, who have been transformed as a new creation in Him, they are the Israel of God. What he's saying is that, listen, you can forget your heritage. You can forget your upbringing. Forget your lineage. Forget your genealogy. Put it away. What matters is a new creation. As he's argued about Abraham over and over throughout Galatians, he said, listen, we are children of Abraham because of our righteousness by faith in what God has told us. The Israel of God are those who trust in God for salvation and not in themselves. The Israel of God has the mark of Jesus upon them. Finally, Paul plainly shows us the mark that is counted for him. The the extent to which he has Endured the extent to which he has received the mark of Jesus. Verse seventeen, he says, says this: From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. I had read some commentaries this week, and there was some silly talk about what that really meant, and we just won't get into that. What what it really means is a is a really a reference to. Uh, Acts chapter 14 Acts chapter 14 is when Paul is in Galatia. He's there and he's preaching in the synagogues and in the streets among the Greeks and as he's preaching to the Greeks in Lystra, uh, he heals a man who is lame. Their people come out and start to worship him because of this healing that has been been accomplished. Him and Barnabas reject that worship. And what follows is not continued worship or continued encouragement or or some turning. What follows is Paul being stoned to death. It says, fourteen, verse nineteen. But the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So, what he's how he's ending his letter to the Galatians is reminding them how committed to this message he has been. He's saying, "Listen, don't cause me any more trouble in your misunderstanding of faith in Christ." For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. They know that those marks were these marks, uh, a stoning uh, to the point where they thought He was dead. Those are the marks of Jesus upon, upon Paul from his beatings in, in Lystra. So um, really, you know the, the question for us tonight is, what's your mark? What's your mark? For so many of us it's it's good deeds, it's that I'm being a good person, it's that I'm doing the best I can, it's that I'm trying really hard. We rely on that as somehow to justify ourselves before God. We have to completely reject that thinking. For some of us it's it's church attendance, it's that if I go every Sunday, if I'm there every time, if I go to every meeting, if I'm there at you know every time the doors of the church are open, that's great. It's good to do that, it's positive, we get encouraged. In the house of the Lord, that's great. But you know what? It does nothing for you if you're not a new creation, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus for your salvation, if you're somehow relying on church attendance to be your guide. fact is, even, even baptism and communion mean nothing without a changed heart. You could be baptized umpteen times if you didn't understand faith in Jesus as your Savior, if you didn't place your faith in Jesus as your Savior and Lord in doing so, it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just a religious act that you accomplished. And that's great that you did it. and It was probably a very great experience, but if it didn't, re- didn't result from a changed heart. It's just a ritual. And the same thing for communion as we Uh, have the chance to celebrate it every week. It doesn't mean anything if we don't recognize its reality. If we haven't been changed by what Christ has done for us on the cross, it means it loses all its value. So our question for us tonight is, uh, are we trusting in a mark that doesn't count? And what is the mark that you have on you? Let's pray. God, we thank you for, for Paul's faithfulness to preach the gospel to the Galatians. For this message that is timely for each of us. That we not trust in the good that we accomplish. That we not trust in the sacrifices we make but that we trust in what you have done for us, what you have done on our behalf. Lord, pray that we would never make anything more important than becoming a new creation in Christ. We would always hold to The old being passed away and a new creation coming forward. Transformation in Jesus is what counts, not circumcision or uncircumcision. Lord, it's our prayer that people will be transformed by the love of Jesus, not by the acts of men. Lord, I pray that this week we would be marked by Jesus, not by our efforts. That we would trust Him each day, that we would trust His leading each day, not, not our own good that we think we can accomplish. We would pray that this church would be marked by Jesus, by His gospel, by His truth being plainly proclaimed. It's in His name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> hey girl we're gonna spend some time uh before jumping into worship by taking communion together um, yeah sure here you go I'm simple symbol that uh, Christ gave his followers is a broken piece of bread and a cup of juice to remember two of the most important truths that we could uh, ever understand and that's that God came down as a man and gave himself on a cross take and eat the body of Christ The second is even more important, that in doing so, he did so perfectly, became a perfect sacrifice, making a new covenant between us and God in his blood, Take and drink the blood of Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his blood flowing over our bodies, over our spirits, that we might be renewed before God. We might stand righteous before you. Father, that is our prayer for every person that lives in this city. That the blood of Jesus would fall upon them. That the Holy Spirit would grip their hearts, convict them of their sin, and point them to the cross of Christ. That transformation would be found. That new creations would be made. That the mark of Jesus would be on this place. It's in His name we pray. Amen.